0: Uh, our subject this morning is uh, all's well that ends well. How about that? You ever heard that said before? Well, we're going to turn to Luke, the second chapter, and start there. And while you're turning, we'll look to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you again for the opportunity we have to stand behind your sacred desk and declare your holy word. We pray, Holy Spirit, You'll move on us in such a way that no matter how many mistakes I make or what I do right or wrong, uh, that you'll correct it before it gets to the ears or the hearts of the people in the audience. We want to see the Holy Spirit move on souls. We want to see victory won in hearts. We want to see your presence on your people that they can go forward with the joy that you have for them in this day's service or this uh, victory that will come through whatever your Holy Spirit has. Bless, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to read quite a bit, and this is probably really familiar to you. Uh, and usually, it's uh, one of the first messages after Christmas because of where it sat in uh, its location in the scriptures. But uh, in Luke, the second chapter, starting in verse 41, and I want to read through the rest of the chapter, and then we're going to look at it a little bit. Now, his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12, and the he there is Jesus... When he was 12 years old, he went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days, as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother knew not of it. But they, supposing him to be, have been in the company, went a day's journey. And they sought him among their kinfolk and acquaintances. And when they had found him not, they returned back to Jerusalem seeking him. And it came to pass that after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son. Why hast thou dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. And he said unto them, How is it that ye sought me? Wished ye not that I must be about my father's business? And they understood not this, the sayings which he spake unto them. And he went down with them, and came to Nazareth, and was subject unto them but his mother kept all these sayings in her heart, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature, and in favor with God and man." Now, what we have here this morning in this text is just a snapshot, if you would, of Jesus' life at age 12. Now, I don't know what you did at age 12. I know some of the things I tried to get into at age 12, and, and a lot of things that I was responsible for at age 12, And uh, I just don't know all the backgrounds of everybody, and I really don't know the background of Jesus because all we have is this short little snapshot, if you would, of his life at age 12. You know, I don't know what he did for hobbies. I don't know what he did for playtime with the other siblings or with friends or relatives. Uh, When they went to Jerusalem, it says that they went up there and, uh, and looking for them, they look for them in the kinfolk and acquaintances. Hmm. Well, that must have been a pretty good-sized crowd that was traveling together from Nazareth to down to Jerusalem for the Passover, what we're looking at in this particular picture. So uh, he still lived at home with mother uh, Mary and Joseph, his stepfather, And the picture I like to see in my mind of this happy, godly, obedient family to the worship of God in the first century as they were taking in the Passover week in Jerusalem. Now, being of a Jewish faith, what is the biggest holiday of their year? It's the Passover. God required it. He gave it to Moses. You know all the background behind it. They were very respective of that holiday. It was something, and actually the scripture says in verse 41 that his parents took him every year. Now Jesus is 12. So we're gonna find out some things about him this morning as we look into this. But I want you to know that the, the solid history of of the children of Israel was to conform to God's directions and His laws and His commandments that He had been given to the prophets, the priests, the kings, the judges, and down through the years of history, they had been recorded by the scribes for future generations to be directed in the path of God's will for their lives in all that they do uh, for God in that day and time. In hindsight, Even though Jesus was a boy, he was only 12, Christ as the deity of God and the third part of the Trinity of God was uh, without age and without years. You see, if you really study it, and Brother Jack brought it out in Sunday school, the Holy Spirit and Christ and God the Father are the three parts of the Trinity. Even in the creation of man and creation back in Genesis 1, God said, let's make him in our image. Who's the hour he's talking about? It's the Trinity. Now, Christ was there, but Jesus hadn't been born yet, not as a physical body. Now, when Christ became uh, God's only begotten Son through Mary and became incarnate or took on the form of flesh, the scripture says, He had to grow up as a boy, as a little guy, and be just like we have to be to grow into a mature individual. We're gonna see how it works out for him. So, uh, as a boy, it was time to go to church. Do you remember when you was 12? It was time to go to church? Uh, You was excited, right? We went. Scripture in verse 42 says it was a custom. Amen. All right. So we all got in the... uh, our best clothes on, and mom, she always licked her hand and remember how she'd do that? Make your hair lay down for uh, yeah, that's the way it was when we were kids. So, uh, but as for a Jew in the first century, the Passover week was really important, it was something they had to, if you would, take very seriously. And what they taught and what they celebrated was the importance of God's delivery of his people out of Egyptian bondage through the Red Sea, through the wilderness, and to the land of milk and honey. All right, the promised land that God had brought them from. Now, it took a 40-year journey to get there because of the way they decided to travel, but nonetheless, they made it. And the reason they could leave Egypt was because of the Passover, remember? The lamb was killed, the blood was sprinkled on the doorpost, and the death angel went through Egypt, and every house in Egypt had somebody pass away in that house, the oldest child of that house, except where the blood was on the doorpost of the uh, Egyptian or in the uh, uh, children of Israel's camp. So now the scripture text that we read of the fact that Mary and Joseph as husband and wife not only was given charge of raising Jesus, they took that very seriously because Mary knew that was God's only begotten son. But they went on to have at least six other children in their family. Now, I'm not gonna flip there. I'll give you the scripture. It's in Matthew 13, 53 through 58. You can go there. It just says that while Jesus was speaking, his disciples came and said, hey, your mom and your family's out here wants to talk to you. And he said, here's my family. It's the church. All right, remember that scripture? But it names his brothers, and then it says, and sisters. So you look it up there, you'll find that they name four brothers, and then sisters, plural. That's at least two. All right, now here's Jesus at 12 years old. And Mary and Joseph are legally now married, right? Scripture says that Joseph didn't know her until after Christ was born. But after that, he, she was his legal wife, and they probably carried on legal um, marriage and family, right? Well, they had six kids. Now, how quick they had them, I don't know. But Jesus being 12, maybe all six of them were already part of this acquaintance and kinfolk that was traveling from Nazareth to Jerusalem when Jesus got, if you would, lost in the crowd. I don't know about any of you, but if you had six little ones, it's easy to forget one. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Yeah. You might want to put a leash on some of them to make sure they don't wander off. But you wouldn't think that the oldest one of the family would do that. He surely would be um, uh, responsible enough to know what time they're leaving and where they're going, when to get there. So at age 12, we find that Jesus, uh, it's highly possible that several of his half-brothers and half-sisters, maybe even six or more. We don't know. um, At the festival of the Passover in Jerusalem was on another 90-mile hike. Hmm, that's pretty good. You get to go to church for the Passover, and it's 90 miles away. Hmm, I can just hear the kids now. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. Yep, that's the way our trips went whenever we took the kids somewhere. That's exactly what they had to say. But and the, we find here in the fe- uh, festival of the Passover week, uh, as they traveled down through there, they probably had all those family members and maybe cousins and maybe neighbors, and they would probably group up and travel down there as that group. Why would they do that? Well, the journey's not only long and, and hard to make, but there are a lot of robbers and, and people want to bother. They don't bother big crowds when they go like that together. Amen. So just go down and go as a big family and, and they don't bother you, right? Now if you went by yourself, what happened to the man that went from uh, Jerusalem to Jericho by himself? Fell among the thieves. Uh-huh. He got beat up. Of course, we know that's a whole other uh, uh, scenario under the Good Samaritan. But it's not safe in those places to travel either at night or in small by yourself or only a couple or so you can get picked on pretty easy but if it's a large group that's traveling as a caravan so to speak that's pretty safe you can take your kids amen they could even notice everything going on now 90 mile trip that's not something you can do in just an afternoon or something It's not like just traveling to Pisgah down here or back. It's something you're gonna have to plan for and make uh, arrangements for all the kids and all the family. So it is pretty extensive. And it could be very adventurous journey also. Now Jesus, being the oldest child, he may have been expected to partially take care of the others in the family and watch over them. But this time, at the end of the Passover week, Jesus may have got caught up in the excitement of the festival and lost track of time. Twelve-year-olds can do that. Amen? And as the family scheduled their departure in verse 43, as the family was planning to leave, Jesus was still preoccupied with going to the temple and holding conversations with the doctors, it says in verse 46. He was interested in what they had to say. Now, as a 12-year-old, it says it'd be one thing to be able to listen to all those smart people talk, but he's, the scripture says that he was even answering some of their questions. So it was a two-way street there, which probably even made it more of an excitement for Christ to hear what they had to say. So as they traveled towards home, the scripture says they went about a day's journey. Now, I don't know how many was in there with their acquaintances and kinfolk and how fast that group can move a day's journey. I don't know how far that'd be. What do you think? 10, 12 miles in a day's journey? That's a pretty good jog. Uh, and it probably, uh, uh, maybe even more than that. But nonetheless, they had 90 miles to go. They got about X number of miles out. Where's Jesus? I don't know. Ain't you seen him? No, I ain't seen him. Where's he at? Then they start inquiring around. Where'd he go? I need Jesus. Where's he at? He's supposed to be helping us. He's supposed to be watching the little ones. Where is he? Mary starts looking. Joseph starts looking. And uh, everybody else is looking. And they start to search for the lost child. No doubt, they asked everyone, have you seen Jesus they may have even tried to describe what he's wearing. Now, Jesus, he's the one that's about four foot three, and he's wearing a brown outfit, and he's got long, dark hair, and he's really a cute little kid. Yeah? I ain't seen him. Nope. I haven't seen anybody looks like that. Huh? So as they described him, and as they did everything, and if you would put out an all points bulletin for where's Jesus, nobody's seen him. He's just not there. Finally, they came to the conclusion to turn around and go back to Jerusalem, seeking their son, the scripture says in verse 45. Again, taking the entire family with them, probably. They wouldn't have left the little kids behind They got to go where mom and dad go, right? So they pack up the minivan and head back to Jerusalem. And three days later, guess what? They found him. Verse 46 says, they found him in the temple. I wonder how long they looked all over Jerusalem before it ever dawned on them, huh, maybe he's in the temple. Huh, I know at 12 years old, how many of you if your child was missing would think we need to go to church i'm sure that's where he's at right i don't think so no not 12 years old that'd probably be the last place you would think to look at so it's as if it was no big deal to jesus when they came in he was just curious young fellow with lots of questions he wanted answers and the doctors in the, in the discussion group that he found in the temple were astonished at his answers that, he, that this lad had the questions that they wanted to dealt with and he'd been dealing with them for three days. And he was still interesting to talk to. Any of you know any 12 year olds you think you could listen to for three days? Yeah, all right. Well, nonetheless, Jesus was there in the temple. Verse 48 says that uh, when they discovered him in the setting in the temple, the parents were what they called amazed. Wouldn't you be? Amen. Notice after that word amazed there in verse 48, when they saw him, they were amazed. And then there's one of those colons. I like to notice them. And that means, and add to that, they not only were amazed, and his mother said unto him, son, I can just hear her saying, oh, sonny, no, she, from where you been? We've been looking for you for three days. She's probably pretty irate. So what do you think? If it was in your child you have been looking for for three days and found him, and you would have been amazed, what would that amazement take in? Well, number one, I'm glad he's okay. I'm amazed that he's okay. Amen? I'm think, thankful that somehow or other for three days he got something to eat, Something to drink. He knew where to go to the restroom. He knew where to get some sleep. He, but nonetheless, every time the sun came up, bingo, he went right back to the temple to the discussion group that was speaking there. Number two, she was probably amazed that he even survived it. She didn't realize that he had that much uh, get up and go to him to make things happen for three days. Number three, she was probably amazed at the crowd he chose to associate with for three days. Amen, I don't know about you, but I was 12 years old. The last person I wanted to be around was a doctor. I still don't care for them because they got those long needles. Amen, I don't care if they do give out lollipops. I still don't want to take the needle. Amen. I don't want to be associated with them, especially not for three days. And then. He was was probably amazed that he wasn't even traumatized, if you would, from being left behind. It was as if, no big deal. Nothing happened. We're just having a good time here. I imagine that would amaze Mary and her husband. Amen? His mother spoke up and said, why have you dealt with us? Hmm. To me, Just putting those words together, it sounds like an exhausted mother that's worried herself sick for three days and exasperated to search for her son in every corner between where she was and where she found him. Amen. Let alone three days of extension to the trip that they were already wearied from to keep all the family together and get them all back home. Now, however many days it took to make that trip with six kids plus Jesus and everything else they had to carry and take, now they added three days to the trip. Now it's a lot longer. I don't know how many days it took. It may have been a six-day trip. Now it's a nine-day trip. Wouldn't that kinda frazzle you a little bit, amen? And don't matter how many engines are still burning on the plane. You want to get home. Amen. Amen. Then she adds Joseph to the mix. We have been looking everywhere for you, and our hearts were saddened as we thought about where in the world you could be. We just knew you wasn't with us. I don't know where you was. We are just sick in our stomachs and upset about everything. Maybe she thought about the fact that God gave her charge of raising his only begotten son, and now he's missing? She's going to have to answer to God for that one. Now, if it was one of Joseph's kids, he could take charge of it, but how's she going to explain this to God? I lost the, oh, I was supposed to take care of him, and now, oh my goodness, am I in trouble with God? Oh, where in the world can our little boy be? Maybe she thought about the fact that God was watching over his son now that he was missing, and God would take care of him no matter where he was. See, God has a better viewpoint as to where the kids are, than we do when we're standing right beside him sometimes. Amen. Somehow, in verse 49, I believe the calm voice of Jesus broke through the tension as he let his mother and stepfather know, it's okay, I'm fine. Everything's gonna work out all right. It's gonna be just the way you want it to be. How is it that ye, now you know he talks about ye there, in that verse. That means both you and the family. Ye is the plural form of the word you. How is it that ye sought me? How many people was looking for him? Well, all of you is what the word ye means. All of you were looking for him. Who knows how many days of the Passover week that Jesus had been right there doing the same thing all week. Do you know the Passover week was an eight day event? It started on Sunday and finished on Sunday. Amen, the first day of the week, if you want to call it that in biblical speaking. They had the week of unleavened bread and then they had the Passover lamb killed. They ate the meal. Uh, I'm sure that Jesus spent a lot of that dead time in Jerusalem just thinking about, huh, I ought to go down to the temple and talk to those guys, they seem interesting to me. huh? Well, I don't know. But all that week, they may have participated uh, in the Passover meal with his family. They probably all said grace together. They all probably had a leg of lamb. Nope, not that many legs on one lamb. <laughs> they had to share. But anyway, they all had something to eat of the lamb. And with the family then, on the Sabbath day, they started uh, the conversation in the temple. I don't know what he's talking about because he said wish ye not uh, wish ye not that I must be about my father's business so here we find that Jesus was assuring them everything is okay amen so here we go are you ready for this one verse 50 and they understood not <sighs> here we go again who is they I've been a pastor, Now I'm in my 17th year as senior pastor, and I can't figure out who they is. I always hear they said this, or they thought that, or they want to do, and I never can find out who they is. And here is Jesus, and they understood not. Amen, well, that's part of being a pastor, I guess. They never understand who the they is when they start talking, amen. It could be that they were just talking about Mary and Joseph. It could be that they were talking about the crowd that was just chilling in the temple to get caught up on, if you would, the Father's business. Amen. Amen. I don't know when he got to talking about Father's business what kind of a crowd that would attract, especially in the temple. Amen. Now, well, I, don't, I think there was more to it than just a couple of doctors. I think the crowd, each of the three days he was there, probably got bigger and bigger and bigger and wanted to hear more and more and more of what this fellow that was amazing them had to say. So here we go. So, uh, but I do know one thing for sure, the end result made it sure that Jesus was secure in who he was and what his purpose was at the Passover. Amen? Now, it's time to go home now. Verse 51. Jesus went home and as the scripture says, was subject unto them. Amen. Just like you nice little 12-year-olds. You're subject to your parents when you was that age, right? You didn't get many trouble. Never raised your voice. Just such a sweet little young person, right? Well, Jesus is a little bit different than most of the 12-year-olds that I know. Or at least that's the way I picture him. What do you think it means when he says he was subject unto them? Well, he probably, probably after that, he probably always made sure when he was leaving the house to tell mom and dad where I'm going, what time I'll be back. Do you need me to pick up anything for you? Can I help with the kids? Can I take a couple of them with me? Maybe going fishing. I'll be in before curfew time. Amen. He was subject to his parents. He wanted to make sure they didn't worry themselves sick again if he was 10 minutes late coming home. Amen. Of course, with that, I think he was an obedient child and maybe even helped out more with the siblings around him and probably spent a whole lot more time with Joseph in the carpenter shop just to learn the trade and just to be, if you would, his stepdad's buddy in what he was doing in the carpenter shop. That'd be nice trade to understand and work with. Um, I'm not any good at it because I'm not the perfectionist you need to be to be a carpenter. If I build a chair and set it down there, it probably would fall over when you sat in it, but that's... That's just me, but Jesus probably could learn how to build furniture, he could learn how to make things, or even put together homes with doors and windows. Uh, That's part of what carpenters do. But I can say that if he was subject unto them, any future travels to the Passover would be much more closely monitored, amen. When Jesus, and the scripture says they went every year. Okay, so think about that. Because we know he made more than this trip to Jerusalem for a Passover. We're going to get into that a minute. But I believe Jesus understood that sometimes there are things that we need to take charge of when it comes to this, if you would, Passover trip. And Jesus would be a, a part of his mother and his family Again, for the extra three days, no. He was going to be by their side when they got to Jerusalem. He wasn't going to be down at the temple answering questions unless they knew about it. Amen? Because he was in subjection to their uh, handling. Now, if Jesus had uh, relayed that information to his mother privately, Uh, She kept all these things in his heart, it says there, because when it came time for him to go to another Passover trip, he's going to take another three-day excursion where they won't know where he's really at. We're going to get to that. But verse number 52 puts a wrap on this adventure in the life of Christ. Let me read verse 52 again. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. He is doing what he should be doing just to make everybody feel comfortable around him. I would say probably every time after this event, he made sure that nobody worried about where he was or what he was doing because he probably saw the fear or the uh, amazement, if it was what the scripture says, about what was in his mother's eyes. And when we think about this, if you would, 12-year-old and this adventure in that, um, the old saying is, all is well that ends well. Amen? I wonder, when the next Passover took place, were some of the same doctors available for questions and answers session in the temple? If so, what questions would they have for Jesus? This year, or the next year, or the following year, over the next two decades, for the next 20 years, Jesus is going to go to Jerusalem for the Passover week 20 more times. Did anyone notice anything different about any of these Passover weeks? Were they just routine? Was it just custom? Did anything else change? Well, I can tell you the last three that Jesus went there, he was the center of attention in a bigger way because of his earthly ministry and his 12 disciples that were coming with him. He no longer was bringing six little kids to trail behind him. Now he's bringing 12 disciples that are trying to learn the things that he's teaching them from his heavenly Father. Amen. Now I'm going to turn over to Luke the 24th chapter and just read the first eight verses. And upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came to the sepulcher. This is where Christ was in the tomb, bringing spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass as they were much perplexed. That sounds like a maze to me. There about, behold, two men standing by them in shining garment. And they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth and said unto him, them, why seek ye the living among the dead? He's not here, he's risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee? saying the son of man shall be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again and they remembered his words again Passover week again in Jerusalem again His family's all around him. His mother was there. Amen. She's recognized three days earlier. Amen. So here we are. The text where Jesus is three days somewhere where nobody could see him. Huh, he's kinda hid. But they all knew where he was because he was buried behind a sealed stone but all is well that ends well. Because the stone was rolled away, they knew Jesus wasn't there. That's where they left him. They saw him be put into that grave and the stone rolled up there. And when he said uh, in verse number 8, or the Holy Spirit's telling us, and they remembered his words, yep, they remembered what he said. Well, Even though he was lost again for three days at the Passover, with his family right there, everybody knew what was going on. Saints, life has a way of occupying our minds and lives. But if you go three days without Jesus Christ in your life, It's time to stop and go search. He might be right where you left him. And you may have to go back, retrace your steps, go back to where you journeyed from, and pick up where you left him behind. Amen? He might even be, as as you would think of it, buried and sealed by the world, the trials, and the temptations, the devil's put in your path. But think about it. If you're not as close to God now as you once was, who moved? Go back. Search diligently. Don't let the devil stomp on you and keep you from reconnecting with Jesus. That'd be the worst mistake you could ever make. But remember, all is well that ends well. So if you've been separated from Christ, if you're not where you want to be, if God's knocking at your heart's door and say, here I am, come on back, let me back in, we need to make sure we're back where Jesus wants us to be. Amen. Because all is well that ends well. And remember, Jesus never said it would be easy, just worth it.